Hey, what's going on, Kevin? What's going on? How you doing, man? Good. How about you? Yeah? Good. How's the yeah. iced coffee? Good. You'll hear some ice rattling as they take <laughs> drinks every once in a while. It's good. It's all good. Yep. Got a mild roast, uh, medium roast this time. Yeah. And decaf because I'm too sensitive. To, I'm a lightweight when it comes to caffeine. Yeah. That if I have it after noon, it'll affect my sleep that night. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, um were the guy that turned me on to one of the best spots in the area, oh, I think, I in Berryville. It. Yes. The Cordial. Cordial Coffee. Yeah. Yes. They have, it's one of those, I'm not a coffee snob, but when I find something I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is good. I, I don't yeah. know why it's good, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. And yeah, I've been going there. We live in uh, probably 10 minutes from the spot, not even. So that's our go-to spot. Yeah. For sure. That's good. It became my go-to a few months ago, um, commuting out to Winchester every day. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just right on the path. Yep. yep. There was nothing like that good. And I love the fact they have that roaster sitting out front. Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah. And like, I don't so know. you can tell it's kind of, it's probably like fresh. Yeah. And every, it's just one of those being a, in, in Berryville, kind of a, you, you almost feel like you step back a few years yeah. in time, but also just in craft. I feel like the Berryville is just known for craft. You know, a lot of people that enjoy working with their hands that's where they go so i know that coffee shop sells homemade pottery and homemade a lot of different cool stuff yeah so it's just a fun spot just to go and, and just sit yeah what do you um like when you talk about going back like berryville is a couple of years in the past like what are some of the biggest differences just in like the culture and society in berryville yeah versus like as you come in towards percival and leesburg would you say yeah it just feels less pressure slower paced and less technology driven. It, yeah. Even where we live, you can't get uh, internet unless it's Dish. Like, really? Yeah, <laughs> which I'm all about. It is. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it just feels. So can you get cable TV? You can't. Uh, I think you have to get. I think you have to get Dish. So we we don't have cable or internet. We just use our phones whenever we need anything internet related. But it's just yeah, just everything's slower paced. You feel less connected. Just crossing the mountain yeah. from. Uh, this area over to there it's just everything slows yeah. down everything you just take a sigh of relief you're like oh i'm back yeah. in, i'm back into being disconnected and it yeah feels good. <laughs> feels well, yeah when good. you cross over that mountain man it's it's like a different world i totally get yeah. I totally see that i mean you cross the appalachian trail and the river within <clears throat> two miles of each other and something about those two things yeah and then crossing farms you're just like okay yeah this this is the yeah. way life is supposed to be and <laughs> yeah. i'm all about that yeah that's cool is that kind of like where you grew up like you're from ohio did you grow up in that yeah. kind of small town feel so i grew up all midwest all Actually, in before, suburbs before you go there yeah i don't even know if we've said who you are this is yeah. kevin cole yeah and he's the youth pastor at pbc a good yep. friend of mine great guy right. two kids yep little boy little girl five-year-old yeah. and a t- five-year-old girl two-year-old boy and yeah so i grew up midwest Okay. And suburbs. So so more far more town and city driven than country driven. But even when I was out there it was always fun in country. I was always finding ways to get in the woods, hiking, um, crawling in creeks and <laughs> just yeah. doing all that stuff. Uh grew up in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Uh I'd say Cincinnati's my home just because I was there from the time I was five to thirteen. And I like it a lot more than I like Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> As I think anyone ever would say. I say Detroit's a good place to be from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, I grew up with, I've got two older sisters that are five and eight years older than me. And uh, incredible mom and dad 
yeah. uh, to this day. I mean, they're just uh, uh, one of those things where I can, I feel like I, I could always talk to them about anything I was going through and I knew I'd get advice, but I knew it wouldn't be judgment, you know, and that's just, yeah. uh, man, it, it was, it was a, kind of it was a gift i don't take for granted you know even as i had it i was i was realizing this is something most other people don't have and uh yeah my my oldest sister since she was eight years older her and i were always fine but she was you got to figure when i was 10 she was 18 Mm -hmm. so we didn't really have much uh, as much of a connection as the one that was five years older than me and her and i like i'd sneak out of my room into her room and we would just have late night chat. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then my dad would come in because, of course, you can't keep a 10-year-old quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my whisper was not much of a whisper. So he'd come in and be like, Kevin, I know you're in here. Go to bed. I'm like, all right, dad. <laughs> but it was fun to have a sister that yeah. was, one, willing to invest in me. Two, was actually really wise and still is very wise Yeah. Uh, to just, yeah, just have that wisdom yeah. that's just a bit older than me and actual wisdom from uh just the her insight was so yeah. it she she kept me out of so much trouble really with especially like relationships just she would train me kind of a silly example is i'd go out to play football and she'd be like you can't wear that I'm like what i'm about to come back with blood and grass stains on it she's like that doesn't match you need to go get changed <laughs> I'm, like, I'm fine yeah but uh as far as like just how to how to be a gentleman to women you know my dad was a good example of what a, a man should be like. Yeah. But then my sister was a good example of how a man should, should really be respectful to, yeah. to ladies specifically, just from her perspective. Yeah. But yeah. did she, do you feel like just being like having those conversations with your sisters, like made you good, like conversations with women? Like, I feel like I grew up with two brothers. So I was like always awkward, like in high school <laughs> yeah. talking to a girl, it just yeah. like, wasn't natural. Right. Do you feel right. like maybe like with your wife, like communications come easier because of your sisters? Yeah, we like, joke around that my wife and I are kind of the opposites where I'm usually the more, I want to talk things out. I want to talk about... How's she feeling? How, yeah, like, yeah. okay, I know something's wrong. Let's talk about it. And she's more the, no, we'll get over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, you're a bit drunk yeah. on that. Uh, did you, um, but, yeah. did she have brothers, sisters? So she has one younger sister. Okay. But she was always closer with her dad. Uh, just, uh, you know, I think... He was the one that would take her to school in the morning. So I think they just had more time together. So I think she and their personalities, she's more, um, a lot more like her dad. So I think, yeah, it was just funny. Yeah. How yeah. I think in our, my wife and my relationship, uh, we joke around that she, I'm usually more emotional than she is and usually more prone to want to talk things out. Yeah. And yeah, I honestly... I attribute a lot of that to my sister, where my my wife says that I got him pre-trained. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, like yeah. my my sister would say, Kevin, you are not allowed to do that ever to a girl. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, whatever you say, don't don't beat me up, please. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And I know we've talked a little bit about your dad in the past because mm-hmm. when we talked about like people that have influenced your life, like yeah. A. W. Tozer, yeah, your yeah. dad. Like, what are some of those like specific things you remember? Maybe like a couple one-liners or just like maybe some circumstances you were in where he gave you some wisdom yeah. that you kind of like never forgot. Yeah, so early on, the the quote that I remember and will never forget is to have, have a tough skin and a tender heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, I remember hearing that as a young teenager just thinking that is exactly how just as a, a boy with angst, with kind of the, the desire to just conquer, you know, that just yeah. that mentality 
it, it was so revealing to me of like, yeah, I am supposed to be tough, but also sensitive. And, and yeah. that quote helped. And then more recently, the two things that we've talked about is being more like a German shepherd and less like a pit bull where there's going to be situations where you need to, to protect that you need to accomplish that you need to conquer, but doing it more with a shepherd mentality rather than a off the leash attack and, and yeah. nothing against pit bulls, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just, just that mentality of don't, don't go on the attack, but never get trampled. That kind of mentality. Yeah was help, helpful yeah i think there's a lot of guys that almost see it like as a sign of manliness to be a pit bull right like I'll, i see it in the corporate world like you walk into a meeting and all of a sudden you're just like in attack mode or yeah. you're just like trying to drive right like you're driving the meeting like i'm gonna be that guy that's just like pushing everybody and like and at I think, all costs yeah, and, yeah. like there, there's a time and place for that yeah. <laughs> but yeah. i think generally speaking in life like you know that calm like you're still, there's still a strength in right. that like quiet, calm spirit. Yeah. And, and yeah. especially with the, that's why I love the, the German shepherd mentality is that you don't really ever fear a German shepherd until you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, yeah. you know? And you're like, I yeah. probably shouldn't run from these cops. <laughs> and oh no, that's a canine unit. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of mentality where it's just a, um, yeah, you, you know, you don't fear it until you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And that's kind of, you know, using the boardroom meeting is a lot of times the, the wisest men of the rooms are the ones that are asking questions rather than making statements. They're yeah. the ones that are like, Hey, let's, let's, let's take this deeper. Yeah. What's a question that we can drive deeper to the, the deeper meetings rather than the ones just like, Oh, and this, and I think this, and I think this, and I think this, and I think this, mm -hmm. but just the man that is asking the questions. And then when you kind of step on his toes, you're like, okay, I've made a mistake here. You know, I shouldn't, yeah. Yeah. uh, he, he was accomplishing something that was better for all of us. And when I start to derail that, that's the man, not, not that I should fear because he's not off the leash, you know, he's just a man that I realize is defending something of greater honor. You know, and I mm -hmm. think that whether that be in a boardroom, whether that be in a marriage or for me being a pastor at a church, I, I love too, that it even uses the word shepherd yeah. And it's name because you're like, man, that's, that's such a, a role of, of me as a, I see my role as pastor and father similar Yeah, and that I am kind of like a German shepherd where I should never let the, the threat from, uh, you know, the wilderness be taken out on the sheep. Like I should be the first one to step in the way like a, a shepherd dog would do, you know, he's yeah. the one that is attacking, is protecting but the sheep don't necessarily fear him, Yeah. but he's guiding them. You know, it's, yeah. it's a shepherd is guiding towards a, towards principle, towards character, towards, uh, the direction that the flock should go. And I see that both with my family and with my role here at the church. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think the animal and actually the animal on this podcast is a lion, yeah. which I really like because yeah. it kind of yeah. just, I think it's a similar, I think lions are maybe a little bit more aggressive. Mm made be like do a little bit stupider so like <laughs> yeah. they may try to like go yeah. after a rhino or right. something to <laughs> right. like kill them yeah. but it, just the fact that they're fearless and that courage and strength yeah, yeah. and you know obviously the bible talks a lot about lions yeah the, definitely the, you know, like his god and like the lion of judah and right so i love that analogy yeah yeah, yeah. and I, and one thing i've said there's there's scriptures that are somewhat confused that say to fear god you know and that could be one of the most confusing phrases because yeah. it, it's regularly used of you should fear God, fear God. And what I've recognized, especially in, as his role is like a lion, it's it, our fear of him. Shouldn't be a, uh, a lack of trust, yeah. but a recognition of his power. Exactly. You know, and I think that's I love that. true of a man too, is same thing as like, we shouldn't 
fear each other as men, but we should also have this respect for each other that recognizes that you're supposed to be a man of dignity. I'm supposed to be a man of dignity. And I don't want to fear you because I can't trust you, but I want to fear in a healthy way, our relationship to the point where I recognize that you're a man with dignity, you're a man with power. And I think that's such a, a call to men of, Hey, let's have this courage. Let's have this dignity, this honor. And that if others fear us, it's not because there's, they can't trust us. Yeah. It's, it's not that we're volatile. It's not that we're going to explode, but more of a recognition of power that we should be developing in us based on our character, based on of righteousness within us of saying like, Hey, I'm not going to let myself get trampled on. I'm going to have yeah. this tough skin and a tender heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah I, love I, f- that. I feel like for me, like I haven't always been probably a guy that feared God in the okay. way that I should have. Okay. But I think like in more recent years, like Tony Evans is a guy that I oh, okay, really respect. Yeah. And he always talks about like, it's that respect. Mm. So it's not like we fear, but you right. have to respect the creator of the universe yeah and to think like when you think about yourself and think of him like you <laughs> yeah. have to be in fear yeah <laughs> like yeah. he's a different link yeah. yeah um yeah yeah that's cool Definitely. okay so moving on um i want to talk a little bit about like what you're seeing in terms of trends with youth hmm. in loudon county yeah like are there things that um like with parents and kids that are kind of trends that you're seeing or is, is it kind of always been the same yeah I, I think the as far as trend this one's more of a a deep culture trend not just yeah. a oh they're on tiktok now rather than twitter and in five years from now they'll be on something else you know but yeah as far as more of like a cultural trend i think the kids are being told two different lies yeah that they don't realize contradict and i don't even know if culture recognizes they contradict but they're they're being fed these two lies and the two lies are this first one is you can be anything you want to be and the second one is um that you have to be the best at what you put your hand to. Yeah. And the way you don't realize those two contradict is basically they're saying you can be anything you want to be so long as it's what we want you to be, you know, and, and this is the way this, these kind of competing lies look, you know, in, in flesh and blood is yeah. one is you can be anything you want to be, but if I'm five foot seven, which I am, <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not making the NBA. You, like, you I just, I cannot yeah. be in the NBA. You know, yeah. I don't care how much I practice, how much I shoot. Yes, I know there's a few exceptions, but that that just won't happen for me. Yeah. So even if I wanted that, I can't necessarily do that. You know, there's limitations, there's personality types, there's different things. Now, I know you probably could have played for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I, would have, right? I would have liked to have thought I could, but yeah, I don't yeah. know if, I'd, if that'd pan out. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is you could be any, uh, basically you have to be what we want you to be, which is you have to go to college. You have to get a four-year degree. After that, you have to get a master's. You have to be in every extracurricular possible. And not only in the extracurriculars, you should be the president of those clubs. Yeah. And they're driven to the success. And what they're being told is you not just be what you're supposed to be, basically. Not, yeah. not just being what you're best fit to be, but we need you to be what we want you to be. And these kids are trying to reason these two lies and they're struggling with depression with suicidal thoughts with high stress just yeah. always being driven to to success even at the cost of their own health whether that be mental physical um relational you know they're just uh, they're you see these kids just beat up by these two lies in the pursuit of these competing lies yeah and i think it starts so young right yeah like you're seeing yeah. this in middle school i'm seeing it like you see it in fifth grade basketball. Yeah, yeah. You know, parents taking it way too seriously. Yeah, saying so yeah. you need to get a scholarship. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, if you haven't made the varsity team by your freshman year, you got no shot. Right. When everything you see and what's actually, like, the actual stories is Jordan yeah. got cut. Yeah. In high yeah, school. Yeah. You know, like, yep. it's just not reality. Right. But I think, yeah, I see the same thing in that parents, it, I think there's a lot of pressure, like, and I don't know if it's them trying to, like, live vicariously through their kids. Yeah. Or if it's, yeah. like, they really want the best for them. Right. But, yeah, I think, like, if if I had a microphone and I could just announce to all of Loudoun County and every parent was listening yeah. on a megaphone, it's like, spend time with your kids. Yeah. yeah. Tell them you love them. Tell them yeah. you're proud of them. Like Probably the car ride to practice is more important than practice. You yeah. know, is that, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, just as the way our system is set up, and I was doing research about two weeks ago, since I work with 6th through 12th graders mostly, I was like, okay, what is the system that we're we're handing down to these, this generation? And uh, it's uh, the housing... So uh, I did a comparison between the 60s and today. Okay. So basically the previous generation and today. And, and I, I, maybe a little bit more of a gap. You know, that might be kind of a generation and a half back. But um, college has gone up. College attendance has gone up 300%. Meaning more people are feeling like they have to go to college. Yeah. And then... Um, salaries have basically only kept up with inflation. So they haven't gone up, but college cost has gone up something like, uh, I have the statistics, but it's something like, uh, back in the sixties, if you, if you modernize the dollar, it would have been about $9,000 a year for college. Okay. Nowadays it's $23,000 for college. So yeah. more kids are feeling like they have to go and the cost has risen, but salaries haven't. And then other housing costs yeah. like, um, like, uh, a housing cost used to cost two point, I think it was 2.3 times a salary. Now a new house is 5.35 times a salary. Yeah. So these kids are being told you need a college degree. You need these things. Yeah. And they're, so they're being driven into further into debt and the stress. So it's just adding to the stress. And I think that's why a lot of kids are starting to see this pan out and they're like, I can't afford yeah. life. And that's why a lot of them are kind of losing purpose and giving up. Cause they're like, if I can't, get everything the previous generation's got, then I'm just going to give up. And yeah. that's where I think we see a lot of the kind of the depression thought and the suicidal thought of, well, if I can't, if I can't beat the system, I'm just going to give up now. Yeah. You know, so that's think, kind of the deepest yeah. trend I'm seeing. I think the, like our parents' generation, their idea of the American dream. Yeah. It made more sense mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. In the sense that like, because everything was driven by these corporations and yeah. to get in, you had to have these degrees. Like it made sense to like say, Okay, go to school to get a good job. Yeah. You know, whereas now, like the American dream, like that lifestyle mm-hmm. has, I mean, I truly believe it's more like the American nightmare starting yeah, no, out yeah, because yeah. you start off with this college debt right? and then you get married and have a couple kids and, and society's telling you you need to buy a house. Yeah. So you probably couldn't have, I mean, some people can, but like the person that couldn't have afforded the college right. that went anyway, the person that then buys the house that they couldn't afford. And then has the two vehicles that they need right. and that they want to be just as nice as their neighbors. And then you've got like student loan debts, house, and two car payments. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, you're just stuck. Right. And that's, it's no wonder, and I don't think this is the answer, but it is no wonder why we're starting to figure out, okay, how can the government fix this? How can, if culture isn't changing, you know, the, just kind of that, those thoughts. And like yeah. I said, I don't think that's the answer, but. That's where I think a lot of the students that I'm working with are are sitting is just like how how do we 
overcoming the society that we're being handed? How do I overcome the stresses of feeling like I have to succeed, of feeling like I need the four-year degree, of, um, of yeah, just all these stresses? You know, I yeah. think that's, I think that is probably the deepest root of what these kids are facing and why they're thinking such depressive thoughts. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got an interesting question for you, like when you're just out and about in the community and people hear that you're a youth pastor, yeah. what do you think the stereotype <laughs> is of the youth pastor? I usually don't lead with that. <laughs> I usually say, oh yeah, I work in the area. Yeah, I commute just to this area. Well, what do you do? I work with youth. Okay. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but yeah, yeah. I want them to realize before I, this is usually the way yeah. it goes, is um, I try to have a conversation with people without leading with what I do just because I mm-hmm. want to connect with them on a personal level, not... And that's brilliant. Yeah, I really yeah. want that yeah. to be the case. But uh, mm-hmm. then, you know, the they'll talk with me about what's going on in life, which I want. I want yeah. more of a relationship than just, oh, you have to come to my confession, which our church doesn't even do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but people, once they'll find out I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, um, yeah. And then you can tell them reeling through, what did I just tell this guy? How many cuss words did I just say? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. What did I just say is going on yeah. between my wife and I, and, you know? Yeah. And um, part of me is actually kind of honored that they're kind of like, wow, you, you're a pastor? You know, and almost yeah. surprised by it. And honestly, for me, that's kind of a, I appreciate that because it, Again, it shows I'm not out here to judge you. I'm not yeah. wanting to tell you everything you're doing wrong in your life. That's not my role. Yeah. That's not what yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, <laughs> the yeah. way most of those conversations go. And it's hilarious. And uh, part of me, <laughs> re- like, uh, dreads the time I have to tell them that I'm pastor just because yeah. I know they're going to be like, uh, my... I've been to church, uh, maybe not as much as I'm supposed to. Uh, my uncle takes me sometimes and, you know, and I'm like, Hey, don't, like, yeah. let's just keep that relationship yeah. that we were building. Yeah. Let's I'm just not keep gonna that drag going. you into my yeah. youth group. Yeah. I'm not trying Kicking to sell you screaming. on Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the things I thought that I wanted to ask is like kind of a tactical thing in the sense that like these kids that are mm-hmm. that have all these distractions in their life yeah when they show up and you're trying to coach them and teach them like are there any tips that you have like how to keep their attention um re- honestly relationship i know yeah. that sounds very cliche but i i bet most of my i'll call them office hours i really try to get one-on-one with kids you know yeah. so during the the summer man i bet i'm out of my office three to four times more than I'm in my office during the summers when they're yeah. out of school. Uh, yesterday, the kids are off school. So we hosted a, a brunch of the church, just building these relationships so that when I do say, Hey, can you put your phone away? You know, they're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's my friend to ask yeah. me to do something. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's just kind of relating on their level, getting to know them, not just, uh, yeah. Trying to do a sales pitch of like, Hey, I'm, I'm relevant. Yeah. You know, but more just, Hey, I, I know you, like I have your, per- I have your, friendship and your best interest in mind and you know me you know the things I'm dealing with and I try to be open with uh any of my struggles so that kids know that oh like I can talk to him about mine because he's told me that he's not perfect Mm -hmm. you know so I think just doing those things of of really allowing it to be a relationship based communication helps so much yeah 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 and what about um public speaking in terms of like when you're up in front of a congregation yeah like are there any like, what are some of the tips you've learned from public? Like, is public speaking a natural thing for you? Something you've learned? Like, yeah. How have you 
Because I feel like you're really good. I feel you're well, actually you. very yeah, gifted thanks, in that sense. Just anybody listening, I did not pay him to say this. I want, I want to be no, clear. I'm, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think there's, I mean, so for some people it's a gift, and for some people it's something that they've practiced a lot. Like, where are you in that spectrum? Yeah. I, I enjoy, I'll say this, like yeah. I love teaching, you know, I went to college for biology with a um, teaching licensure. My side gig is teaching drums. A main part of what I do is teaching. So I just love learning and, and like learning with people. I don't like, I'm not, I'm not a book nerd. I don't really like reading on my own, but I love learning and I love learning with people. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I kind of take my teaching philosophy is being a guide by the side meaning I'm guiding them from their side, helping them discover new truths, new things, or, or like chasing down deeper truths. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of with that mentality, I love teaching. So public speaking, I, I'd i say comes more naturally to me than uh, more of like an office job would. You know, yeah. so I, I don't mind getting in front of people. And kind of the my approach to it is to speak as... To, to basically the, the old adage, you know, know your audience, you know, yep. you have to know that. So understanding the culture to who, to whom I'm speaking, to know what's going on in their minds, to know what they're struggling with is, is really a deep pursuit of mine so that when yeah. I do speak, it's relevant to what they're needing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a deeper truth. And we could spend a lot more time on that maybe in, in future <laughs> podcasts if I, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm invited back. Oh, totally. And, dude. uh, and, uh, yeah. but yeah, is is I, I really try to lead with, with humor a lot of times because, yeah. I've heard it said that uh, comedians are some of the best and the purest form of communication. Oh, I totally they can, agree. They can handle the toughest and most challenging topics yeah. while making you laugh about it. And you're, yeah. like, <laughs> you're like, how many comedians say things you laugh and then you're like, I should probably be crying about this because yeah. he handled some tough stuff yeah. or she handled some some real issues. But I'm laughing about this and I'm realizing wh- they're pointing out some of the things I'm like the faults that I'm contributing to mm-hmm. and they're able to make me laugh about it. But, you know, and that's, yeah. I, I really try to do that even as I teach, not to bait and switch, like, Hey, here's a joke. And the punchline is going to make you cry, you know, but, <laughs> but, yeah. but just like communicating no, in think... a way that our, our culture loves to, to, we really do love to learn, but at the same yeah. time, we, we don't want it to just be, let me tell you what I've discovered and then, uh, and then stick it to you, you know, yeah. but saying like, Hey, let's work through this together. Let's laugh along the way. Let's cry along the way. And here we go. Let's journey together through this. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's just how I approach a lot yeah. of public speaking. I think that's the way, the way the human brain is wired is that it connects right. to stories mm-hmm. and emotion. Mm-hmm. And so I think like if you can start strong and finish right. strong, like people typically in a, when they're listening to you, they're going to yeah. remember that first thing you led with and right. how you end. And the middle is all great. Yeah. But yeah. I think that is key. Yeah. Do you and feel like you use, um, notes or are you more just kind of like ad libbing? Yeah, so this is what I tell all my students, and and obviously my my um, environment is going to be different than some of the average people, mm-hmm. since I am teaching through a church. But uh, I usually go in with notes, and then I tell them I am willing always to set my notes aside if there's something you guys feel you need to talk about. Yeah. You know, and and that's like more in a smaller setting. On Sunday morning, I'm a lot more note driven mm-hmm. and a lot more. Um, I kind of know where I'm going a lot more than when I'm meeting with students. I, I definitely have a plan of where I'm going. But I tell them I feel like a lot of times I'm almost like a nurse where I go in and I gather the vital signs of what they're going through. And I think the fault of a lot of speakers might be they go in saying, hey, I've got this medicine for you. And they're like, that's not what I'm dealing with. I have a headache and you're handing me a Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. up with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, so 
just dealing with public speaking is always thinking, okay, is this message that I'm delivering relevant and what the people I'm speaking to need need to hear? Not what they want to hear, because mm-hmm. then then that'd just be like a, a nursing any smarties. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you need a deep... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, I just I like kind of approach it that way. Yeah, that's good. Um, tell me a little bit about the kayaking hobby. <laughs> oh, man. So I have... <laughs> this is something like, is this like your big hobby? Or is it just something you enjoy or what? Oh, man. You need to ask my <laughs> wife because I have way too many big hobbies. Okay. But <laughs> I have an obsessive personality and this is... I've So drumming is a main one. Oh, actually, Exercise. before you go there, yeah. are you taking new clients for drum lessons? I'm like, do to, you want to build that? I don't. I don't. I'm like, okay. I, I was going to tell turn, people to reach out. Yeah. I turn a lot of people away. <laughs> so if you're listening, okay. mute it, mute it right now. Okay. Uh, I turn people He's away full. just because I'm, I'm full. Yes. I'm yeah, okay. at capacity, past capacity. Cool. And, um, yeah. So drumming is probably the, the thing that if I had to switch careers, I could switch to that more than if I had to switch to being like a fishing guide or something. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, fishing has become an, a deep interest of mine. Woodworking, um, I love to hike, hunt, and fish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, exercise, I love weightlifting, and yeah. yeah, I just have way too many deep hobbies. And, <laughs> and the most recent one is is definitely fish, uh, kayak fishing specifically. So I've been going out. Yeah, I've been going out fishing from a kayak, and the kayaks they make now are ridiculous. Where you can actually stand up and fish from your kayak, and and not tip over. Like you'd have to intentionally try to flip your kayak like they make them so stable now really that yeah i'm on the river standing up and fishing from a kayak standing on one side of your kayak fishing like it's it's crazy (laughs) you go out with buddies or just by yourself i've gone out by myself mostly uh i i usually invite people but knowing that i'm gonna go even if they say no you know so i usually i'm like oh i'm gonna go out on monday i went out by myself and invited people so they could join me later, but I went out about an hour before they got there, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'll invite people with me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's been my most recent obsessed, uh, obsession. Yeah. <laughs> has been that. And what so, do you uh, Baseball, all of it. Uh, mostly bass. I, I go for bass, so I use lures that will attract uh, large and small mouth bass. Okay. But, which is, is that fun. at a, some spot out there near Berryville? Yeah, so I go? go on the Shenandoah near oh, really? where I live, and then I go on a lake here. Uh, that's, I don't know how many acre lake it is, but I've had a lot more uh, luck on the lake and I'm just now starting to find what they call honey holes, you know, just spots that are starting to produce some good fish on the river. So I'm just now discovering those, but yeah, I'm not going to share that because okay. I don't want to see a bunch of other guys. <laughs> like, so, no, the secret's so out. So do the honey holes stay the same like year to year or do, are they yeah, kind of moving around? It's kind of the terrain of what you're in, you know, so it's, uh, it depends on what they're able to eat, how deep they're allowed to dive. Um, so where I, the, the spot I found on the river is a good kind of deep spot. So in the, uh, the harsher conditions, whether cold or warm, they'll dive deep where the water's yeah. more of like a, you think of like a cave, you know, they're, they they want to go down to where the climate isn't going to freak out on them where it's like a nice spring and fall day. They'll be up more shallow feeding under the, the trees where they can eat stuff. So uh, yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out and I'm very much an amateur that's just obsessed with being out there, you know, so yeah, I'm, just, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just casting this. Oh, that's not working. I'll try yeah. this. Oh, that's not working. I'll cast it here. Oh, I got one. <laughs> I'm going to do this again. That's uh, great. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how when you start hobbies, it just can become such an obsession. Yes. But yes. then like five years from now, you'd be like, man, what? why, why yeah. did I spend all that well, time that's, doing that? That's my problem is I still stay obsessed. And now I've just really? multiplied. Yeah, I've just multiplied my hobbies. And I'm like, I don't have time to do all this stuff. Like, how do I? And that's why uh, something like being a drum teacher, I can kind of monetize one of my hobbies 
and that's where I just buy all my other hobby obsessions. <laughs> buy a new baseball glove, buy a new um, kayak, buy a new fishing rod, buy yeah. a new disc golf. Like I'm, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, like there are discs. I'm telling you, I've got way too many obsessions. <laughs> it's bad. So it's how would bad. that look as a professional drummer to you? Would you want to like tour? I would. Be, like, that's, in a rock that'd band? be the dream. That would be the absolute dream. But the, that's so hard to get into. I'd probably be a teacher that has a band. You know, yeah. it is how I start out. The dream would be just somebody calling me up saying, "Hey, we need you to be our drummer, and we're giving you a salary." <laughs> okay, yeah, like yeah, I would great. always say yes to that. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're looking for a drummer, go ahead and give me a call. <laughs> but uh, no, I'd probably if I had to monetize it, I'd probably be a teacher just because that's a more consistent. Yeah. And and less risky. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. A couple more things. Um, I was kind of curious to get your thoughts on, like, from what you've seen in the community, right. like maybe nonprofits or different organizations that are doing really good things, like, what would be your recommendations for people that want to give their time or give their money to something? Yeah, yeah. Um, so find what you're interested in yeah. is, is always where I start because you could always get a warm body and try to plug them in somewhere, but if that's not... A volunteers interested in their they have a pretty short shelf life for that you know mm-hmm. they're they're gonna do it twice because you asked them to and not after that but really starting with the opposite side of saying like what are your passions what are your interests what do you see being a need in our community and do it and if it's not already being done start it you yeah. know that that's just more of how I'd, I'd always try to approach that is find the journey somebody's on and find how to best fuel that you know so yeah. the students I work with say hey what are you interested in do you like working with your hands do you like working outside do you like more inside do you like organizing do you you know and yeah. start trying to plug them into if if they like building things i put them on some of the teams that help demolish a barn and um clean up the property you know yeah. if they're more organized i send them to a food bank mm-hmm. to help organize the food so just trying to find the interest and passions of within people and then really fueling that yeah towards That's good con- con- toward towards uh, constructive things yeah, yeah. Um, you hit on the, you like lifting weights. Yeah. Like what yeah. sort of workouts are you doing these days? Are you still over at Patrick Henry? No. Lifting, so now I'm, go- I bought a really sweet set of dumbbells. So I saved up my drum lesson money. Okay. Uh, <laughs> waited for these dumbbells to go on sale. So now that I live in, in about a half hour from town, it's, it's hard. I, usually my best time of workout is after I put the kids to bed. I'm like, cause I'm not an early morning person. I'm a late night guy. So I, like putting the kids to bed, I'm like, man, I don't want to drive another half hour to go yeah. work out for an hour to yeah. drive back home half hour. Yeah. So I saved up and got these dumbbells that go up to 75 pounds. So there's, it's a pretty good workout you can yeah. get with dumbbells that go up to that just with um, your secondary muscles having to try to balance a dumbbell more than a barbell. So I got these and I'm loving them. So I'm, I'm doing probably four days a week. I used to do seven days a week and my joints let me know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can talk. And the way they talk is it sounds like a steamroller going through a bubble wrap facility. Just <laughs> pop, 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 pop. You know? yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe I need to lighten what I'm doing. So now, like for example, this week I did uh, back during the weekend. I did chest and then I played um, and I did shoulders. And then I went kayaking one of the days and stupid wind it was like 30 (laughs) 30 mile an hour wind i'm like paddling straight at the wind so that i could carry me back and i was like man i'm sore like my shoulders are more sore from that or my shoulders and back are more sore from paddling than some of my workouts yeah so that um i play softball so that's kind of my um i play shortstop and pinch run a lot so that's a lot of my cardio stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah do you ever do like steady state cardio like go for a run or do like an elliptical or things like that i, I you stay, always just try to do it through active stuff. yeah i i 
I get more bored doing that. So, for example, Sunday I played Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, yesterday I played dodgeball. You know, so I, I do enough yeah. other stuff with, usually with students or with guys at the church that I don't always need to go on a run. And if I do, I usually do a bike ride. Like, we, we live in a really hilly area, so I'll just butt, jump on the bike and <laughs> regret my decision yeah. about four <laughs> miles in. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I usually do more of that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, anything else? You want no, to share anything else on your mind? No, I think uh, just I'd be happy to come back if you yeah. guys would have me. And Dude, I I definitely do. We'll pursue I more feel like, of the I feel like stuff then. Um, you're one of those guys that I have a lot of respect for. Thanks, man. And I feel like you have like that integrity and you're like the real deal. And um, it's just something I've noticed about you. And like oh, when thanks. I said, I think yeah. you're a very gifted like speaker and teacher. And hmm. so I feel like you've got a lot to share. Yeah, thank you. A lot yeah, really, um, the audience really can benefit that. from. Yeah, so. and I take that to heart. I don't just... So, yeah, thanks, man. Can I go now? <laughs> you know, but I really, really appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you. Cool, man. Well, I will let you go. Until next time. Yeah. All Keep right. doing the great work. All right. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Cool. Tough skin and tender heart. That, that's the takeaway for today. Yeah. German Shepherds. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool.